Hiya, listener. Thanks for pressing play. This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, is Henry Cavill really out as Superman? What does this mean for the future of DC movies? Does the DCEU even need a Superman? Plus, Jon Snow has a question about Marvel movies. Season 3 of Daredevil might be coming to Netflix sooner than we expected. And King Kong makes his Broadway debut. We've also got a great discussion of the 2009 Zack Snyder movie Watchmen, our first National Felty League fantasy football update, and so much more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, September 13th, 2018. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. Oh, hello, listener. What's up? How's it going? Thanks for joining the show and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast where we deliver comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Talking nerd. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And he's the rug boy. What's up, Rugberto Bambino, sir? What's happening, hot stuff? What's cooking, good looking? Oh, what's up, sweetie? How's it going? Nice to hear from you. Nice to not see you. I'm in a good mood right now. Oh, that's good. I'm glad, Rugs. Why are you in such a good mood? Did someone, is that slack hole up your hand doing something special yes. uh, this week? There's a little extra tickle in, little in there. Extra. Yeah. Wowie, zowie. Yeah, a little extra. Wowie, zowie. A little more good. pinky than normal. A little more. A little more pinky. It's like that uh, hand has an extra finger. It's really strange. Exactly, Monday. Uh, thanks for joining the show. If you are a new listener, you always want to check out the show notes for every episode. You can find show notes for this episode at our website, jockandnerd.com slash 239. It has very important information, like links to everything we're going to talk about in this episode, how to get in touch with the show, how to subscribe so you never miss the show. And uh, before we get to the news, fellas, I have one confession to make. To you, to the listener, let me know if this is weird. Oh, God. It is. Ever, it is already? Okay, well done. Know. We can move on. Look, ever since it got summer came and it got really hot, I have not been wearing socks. Oh, shit. And I just don't mean around the house. I mean, like, all the time to work. I haven't wore socks in months, and no one has noticed except for one person at work. And you know what? Socks are a fucking scam. Who sold us the idea of socks? You don't need them. Is that weird that I'm not wearing socks? I don't know. What are you, Miami Vice? You're I'm, not wearing socks? No, I haven't been wearing socks uh, ever since we had those first like 90 degree days. You haven't noticed, Anthony. One person Just I call him Crockett from now on. Why I'm, aren't you wearing socks? Because it's too hot and my feet sweat and I just want my feet to breathe. And it was just too hot. And now I don't know if I can go back to wearing socks. It's going to be very tough. You just wait till Sub-Zero comes out. Yeah. It's going to be wearing very tough. I think we've been sold a bill of goods. Socks are a scam. It's my You're latest. socks? What's yeah. wrong with it? Yeah. Yeah. It's way comfortable. Whenever I see stink. a dude that's yeah. not wearing socks, yeah. I what think, do you think weird things. Yeah, well, that's about right. Uh, it's my homage to uh, Miami Vice. Uh, no socks. Everyone now, what kind of shoes are you wearing? This is, wait, let me, let me, what kind of shoes are you wearing? Okay, so I started the, the summer wearing like slip-on, canvas slip-ons. 
Okay. And then occasionally I would wear like sandals, like a full close toed like sandals. Oh, well, you got to wear no socks with that. Yeah. Otherwise you're like a hippie or something. Right. You can't wear socks with those. But then I bought these like leather casual business casual slip ons. I've been wearing those with no socks. That's really gross, man. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you would see nobody would have known until because I you're sweating. It. Your feet are sweating I into leather. I maintain that you your feet sweat more when you wear the sock. The sock know, causes the... your feet to sweat. It's a scam, man. There's no scientific evidence to back this up. Uh, no, this there is. This is all like fucking... your anecdotal evidence. Just like we don't need to drink milk from cows, we don't need to wear socks, people. Try it out. Let me know what Wait, you but, think. No, that's yeah. not, that makes no sense. No? Have you no. met me? <laughs> no, here's the thing about wearing socks. Yeah. They absorb the sweat. I don't feet. know. I don't know. They may. They, they do. They, that's, why you're, that's why your foot isn't drenched in sweat. Your, your, your shoe isn't drenched in sweat. Then, for the cold, it will, keeps your feet warm. Your feet got to breathe. Your feet got to breathe. That's all I'm saying. Also, yeah. if you don't wear socks, your feet are going to be in your shoes and they're going to be, you don't wash your shoes as often as you wash your socks. So you're going to have bacteria and fungi in the, in the shoes. I was now. about to say that. You're making, you're baking bread in there. I also, think. Also, <laughs> the, so, the, your shoe, the socks help you prevent calluses on your feet. But wouldn't the fungi be worse if it's in a closed, heated, no. hot area? You wash your you, socks. Where you can't breathe? You take the socks off, Imran. You're supposed you to wash the, wa- the socks? Yes. Yeah, and then you put your, you put the your foot. That's the step I missed. You're putting the, your foot in the same garbage every single every day. day. yeah. And it's just, you're just baking bread in there. You're making yeah. like, you're making Rockford cheese in there. Listen, my little toesies disagree with both of you motherfuckers. But I'm well, going to hey, go do back. Do what you want. Yeah, I'm right? going to go back. So. To, I'm free flying. I think I'm you just want to be a hipster. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah a hipster a little hipstery. Like uh, the beard, the beard, uh, I got the black and white beard. That didn't really work. Now I'm just trying to be, <laughs> be a hipster. Look, it's going to get cold. I will be just returning to socks. Just get a chest socks. tattoo already. And then we'll. we'll... <laughs> a man bun on top, possibly? How about that? Can I grow one of those? Go that smoke thing? some cloves. Oh, I miss cloves. All right, uh, let's fucking uh, continue sockless here. Here's the news. The Jock, the Jock and Ned Podcast. Listen, girls don't wear socks to work all the time. Like, why is it they don't have to wear socks, yeah, but, but we okay, do? Okay, I'll tell you why. It's bullshit. It's a double standard. You ever see girls wear the same shoes t- two days in a row? No. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Uh, and they're often wearing shoes that are, you know, open, open-toed. open Yeah. That's right. Listen, my feet breathe just fine. Yeah, yours, yours are <laughs> like, fine. yours are a fucking Dutch oven. You're talking about man feet, Imran. It was just, it was a hundred degrees. I couldn't wear socks and then I just Look, never put them on. do what you on. want. I will. <laughs> it's America. You this, can do what you like. And this is what I'm going to do. We're doing something different. We are going to start the news with a voicemail, you motherfuckers. Here we go. What's up, Jackson Nerds? Matthew James back again. Been on a bit of a hiatus recently, going hard on the Fortnites and whatnot. Anyways, this article just dropped about Henry Cavill being out as Superman in the DCEU. Officially, he will no longer be donning the blue and red and soaring around the planet. I wonder how they're going to write this one out and explain this in any superhero movies going forward, Justice League, whatever else. Um, As long as they make the Flash solo movie, I am all good about this. I want to see what you guys thought about this shakeup and what it means for the DCEU going forward. Anyways... I guess keep up the good work, and I will speak to you guys later. See ya. So that's our first lead story. Oh, fuck. DC doesn't have a Superman. Oh, shit. But I don't know if this is a, a rumor, if it, there's conflicting reports. Let's just break down what happened here. 
uh, Wednesday of this week, yesterday, just yesterday. And these are reports from Hollywood Reporter and Deadline. Pretty reputable sources. Uh, they came out with the report saying Henry Cavill out as Superman amid Warner Brothers DC Universe shakeup, saying that Warner Brothers was trying to get Cavill to do a cameo in Shazam. There was scheduling conflicts, contract talks broke down. Adding to this uh, in the story is the fact that the studio is shifting their focus to a teen Supergirl who, when she's a teen, Clark is a baby. So you don't need an adult Superman there. Also in this article, it says Warner Brothers doesn't have any plans to make a solo Superman movie for several years. And when they do, they may be looking at new actors for the role. According to the Hollywood Reporter sources, one of them said Superman is like James Bond. After a certain run, you have to look at new actors. But then Henry Cavill's agent tweets. Uh, Danny Garcia, she says, be peaceful. The cape is still in his closet at Warner Brothers, has been and continues to be our partners as they evolve the DC universe. Anticipate a Warner Brothers statement later today. The statement later today from Warner Brothers simply said, we have a great relationship and respect for Henry Cavill that continues to remain unchanged. Additionally, we have made no current decisions regarding any upcoming Superman films. Uh, and then the, uh, Cavill puts out this really weird video on Instagram where that makes no sense. Uh, he's got dogs and classical music barking in the background. He's wearing a shirt that says Krypton lifting team while he slowly raises an action figure of Superman. I don't know what the fuck that means. Then Deadline also says the word has been out on this switch this uh, this uh, th they've been mulling a completely di different direction for Superman for a while, and they've even considered casting Michael B. Jordan. Oh shit! In the role down the road, uh, and now we know Henry uh, Cavill. In our post show, we discussed how he's accepted the role. He's been cast as the lead role in The Witcher, Netflix adaptation of that video game slash book, The Witcher. Uh, and Ben Affleck's probably out as well. And then TMZ says all of this is fake. What the fuck? Somebody touch my spaghetti. First of all, what do you think is going on? What are your initial thoughts when you saw this all this coming out? This is what I think. Out? This yeah. is my honest thoughts. Henry Cavill got casted in uh, The Witcher. Yeah. Playing Geralt. Yeah. And in that, he has to grow a beard. And they oh, were shit. afraid of Beardgate. <laughs> not Beardgate. So they just fucking got rid of him. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Okay, He's like, that's... I'm not shaving this beard. <laughs> that's, <laughs> fuck you and your beard. I'm going to be bearded I'm Superman. I'm not shaving this beard. No, that's what he said. He said, look, dudes, get that uh, fucking face swapping software, <laughs> and then let's do this. And they're like, no. And he was like, fuck you. Anthony, if this is true, uh, this is, uh, it's kind of a bummer. Because we just had our fanboy's guide to the DCEU where he was like one of the bright spots we were talking about uh, in the universe. He's not a bad Superman, just been given shitty material. Everybody in, agrees with this. Yeah, in the three movies. And yeah. maybe was it the, the Superman we wanted for the last like five minutes of Justice League. Uh, but uh, if, if it's out, what does this mean for the DCEU? Like, what do you think is going on? I think that they were in discussions into letting him go from his contract. Yeah. And it leaked and someone ran with it and said, he's out. It just seems to me that DC has no 
as they mentioned in their statement, they have no plans for a Superman movie. Right. They have really no plans for a Justice League movie anytime soon. Yeah. So instead of holding this guy for a while, just let him go. Um, As far as what it means, I mean, I think I put this in the Facebook group, but I think it's just wasted potential. I think they had a good actor in that role. They just were writing him terribly up until Justice League. And um, I mean, as far as the future with DC, who knows, man? If they weren't going to make a Superman, then this really does. I mean, if they're not going to even think about putting Superman in any films. Anything? Yeah. You know, you mentioned the Shazam cameo, but I mean, it's not all that necessary. If they're not really thinking of utilizing the guy, then who cares? The cameo is going to be like a post credit scene where like Clark meets Billy Batson. Marvel, for everyone that's freaking out, Marvel made the MCU without Spider-Man for like seven years. And the X-Men. Like, yeah. DC could be fine without having a Superman. Well, that was my next question is, does this DCEU even need a Superman? Really? I, I don't know if you do. You know what they need? They need they a good make, movie. Make good movies. One good movie. <laughs> just make it's one just good a movie. Simple, the simplest solution is just make a fucking good film. But it's, you know, Affleck's not coming back. And if this is true, it's like Thanos' snap has extended over to the other company. And now two of the fucking six people are They're gone. fading away. They're totally fading away. Uh, I Look, I think, like you guys said, they need to focus on making a good movie and maybe just making standalone movies. How about you try a different uh, strategy instead of trying to connect everything you're doing it. They're going to do it with the Joker. It's its own thing. Uh, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix, just make standalone movies of these characters and run those franchises. And don't worry about trying to fucking put everyone together. I think you just capitalize on what works. And then, you know, you don't have, you don't need an event film. You don't need a big Infinity War. You don't need that. You really, you, if you do like the characters and just build on what you have, like roll the dice and see, oh, we got people like this. Let's make another one. Let's make another one. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then uh, eventually you could think about some kind of MacGuffin because you got that, you know, the multiverse there, and you can actually use what's in the comics to get all these different multiverses together. So it's all, like, canonical. It's possible. So just do it. I mean, I would love to see a Flash movie because they got the Wonder Woman working pretty good. The, we'll see how this Aquaman works out as a standalone movie. Uh, then do a Flash movie with Flashpoint or maybe not even Flashpoint. Just do a good, wholesome Flash movie. Uh, Ray Fisher came out and was like, they're never going to make a Cyborg movie because it would cost $200 million to fucking do it. And uh, I think uh, they're hesitant no, to spend that much money they, again. They would have done it if yeah. this was going well. It, absolutely. All these things would have been... Green lit, uh, and then there was the story of John Ham going. I could fit the suit. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And I was like, "Give me Bat Ham, that'd be fucking great." What about Michael B. Jordan? Uh, so Michael B. Jordan, uh, on the one hand, would be a great pick. There's nothing in Superman's history that says he needs to be a white person as long as the essence is there. Uh, but I just think it's funny that like he's just hot and everybody just wants to find a movie to put him in right now. He's put him in everything. Yeah, put him in everything. Just like it's the first thing to go through. Get Michael B. Jordan. I'm sure his phone's blowing off the hook. There is actually a black Superman in the comics, guys. I don't know. Well, uh, this is my opinion this. on this. Yeah. If Nick Cage could play Superman, anybody could play. Yes, anybody could play Superman. Although with the Michael B. Jordan, look, we see and like in Creed and uh, uh, Black Panther, you see them play cocky really well. Uh, and he's a good actor. Could you guys see him playing like this wholesome? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think he could do it. I, I don't I, know about Michael B. Jordan. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, he's a great actor, but I don't know if he's right for Superman. I would probably, it doesn't matter what color Superman is, I guess, but like, I don't know if he's the right guy. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I, if I, if they casted Michael B. Jordan as Superman, I think Michael B. Jordan at this point is such a, a big name that I wouldn't see him as, you know, obviously there's the race factor of yeah. black, so he's yeah. not the, the traditional white Supermans, and he's Michael B. Jordan. So I would just, I'd be looking at Michael B. Jordan. Like, yeah. I, I'd be like, yeah. That's just Michael B. Jordan. I'm not thinking yeah. that's Superman. That's the great thing about Cavill is like you literally didn't know yeah. who this guy was. And you were like, that's I, I like, Superman. Yeah. I yeah. like that they cast a guy that wasn't all that well known. Yeah. And let him let Superman be the role. And I think that's what worked for, Superman. for Christopher Reeve. Also, I think that's uh, what worked for him. Uh, the, I actually don't believe the Michael B. Jordan. Thing. Uh, no. Do you even believe this uh, that he's walking away from the, that they're parting ways? I do. Because TMZ is like someone made this all up, but this is from the Hollywood Reporter and Deadline. Like, yeah, uh, how are they going to get this shit wrong? I don't know, but it's DC is known for doing stupid shit. So this is right <laughs> along there. So look, operandi. this is how you do Michael B. Jordan, a Superman. There's a uh, we were talking about the multiverses in the comics. There is a black Superman named Calvin Ellis who was based on Barack Obama in a multiverse. And so he was the president and he was Superman, which Whoa. that's a fun take. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a alternate universe Superman. Yeah. That was Michael B. Jordan. Sure. Like Earth 3. Is there a Japanese Superman or Asian Superman? There is Asian. Yeah, there's there an Asian Superman in uh, and it's a, a kind of a he's a, like a cocky asshole who became Superman. I, I bought the first issue. It was very good uh, when they started that up again. Uh, OK, so if Cavill is leaving, uh, what if uh, MCU picks him up? Hell yeah. Who could he play? You like that? Who could? Geek Mooner. He could play a lot well, of people, no man. No brainers, Captain Britain. Captain Britain Captain would Britain's be fantastic. Because he's, he's British, right? Does he my have friends, Yeah, he is British. Yeah. And Henry Cavill is British. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my One of my friends, Irwin, who's been on the show, suggested yeah. uh, Adam Warlock. That's a good one. Rugs, do you got any picks? Well, I, w- I tweeted this. So I said Sentry. Yeah. Silver yeah. Surfer. That's a good one. That's a good one. He can one. even be the new Wolverine. Yes. He's the most ginormous Wolverine that there ever was. That one I just thought about, and I was like, holy shit, that could How about work? instead of him being Wolverine, it can be Cyclops? He could be Cyclops also. There's no reason. What about Hyperion? Which Hyperion is like would be fucking hilarious. The that would be the Superman. biggest fuck you, yeah. but Sentry or Hyperion would be big fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I think Sentry and Hyperion are both kind of like bad guys, but it would still be badass, because... Superman, the DCU Superman, is basically a bad guy. Yeah, so like, yeah. it's the same character. He just has to get red hair, and boom, he's the- Hi- Hyperion. I've only read comics where Hyperion's a good guy, so I don't know. They were like both. They go back and forth, okay. but there's- Sentry I've seen as a yeah. good and bad yeah. guy. I mean, I like I yeah. like Sentry. Actually, I like Sentry's character yeah. in an yeah. MCU film because yeah. he's just this schizophrenic Superman. It has yeah. a weird yeah. multiple personality disorder. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, that is unique. Doom would be great too. Oh my God! I guess, imagine it, he was yeah. Doom. <laughs> yes, Doctor Doom, Doom? Doom. Oh, Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Doom. I uh, thought you meant Doom, like the video game. I, no, no, I got I'm really confused. Doc- no, I thought he would be a great Doctor Doom. Yeah, that's really yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, that's that'd be fucking awesome. Because he's got a British accent. Yeah, which get, makes him at least not American. It he is physically somewhat, imposing. Yeah, he's imposing. You put that fucking cool mask on him. I, and I think he's a good actor, and given the right role, I think he he does well. I mean, he could play James Bond. He was great in Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, you know, uh, the Witcher thing is uh, that's going to be interesting. He is. He's got. He's athletic. He's got the right build. So it's just. Uh, what, about, what about um Wonder Man? 
oh, he could do Wonder oh, Man. Yeah. That was uh, briefly hinted. Did they ever use those scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy? No, there was no flashback. No, they no. were shooting like a Wonder Simon Man festival. Williams. Simon Williams. Adam Warlock. He's again, a good looking actor yeah. type yeah. dude, and he's big and he's basically like all powerful. If right? they have just if they've thrown him away, uh, what a wasted fucking thing, but MCU should definitely pick him up. But the name Hyperion has a good ring to it instead yes. of Sentry. Yeah. You'd have like to introduce you'd have to introduce these characters. And, or to Captain them. Britain. Captain, Captain Britain, Britain would yeah, be that's, like a that's like a slam dunk. That'd be fantastic. Because the story of Captain Britain is is it's got like King Arthur in it and shit. It would be like good for him to be Captain Britain because like you know it's where he's from. It's great. It's like a slam dunk. Also, and Captain Britain not only introduces the character but also introduces the Britain corpse. Oh, uh, which is basically the Green Lantern corpse of the MCU. I had that first issue of Excalibur that came out in the nineties, which was I like love that. It, it was that Alan Davis. Yeah, it's very good. I think I bought two copies. I think they're it, called the Britain Corpse. Is that what they're called? Uh, yes, the Britain Corpse. Yeah, the Britain Corpse. So right. Yeah, they're all the, uh, the they protect the galaxy. It'd be another great, like lesser known uh, superhero from the MCU that they could blow up on the big screen. Wow, I don't know. So we'll see what what else happens if there's any more statements. But uh, a lot of this just makes me angry at these conflicting statements. And we're just talking about rumors. But it is the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, all right, moving on. Before we continue, I got to tell the listener you want to get in touch. You want to let us know what you think of all these crazy rumors. Join the conversation at our exclusive Facebook group. Just for our listeners, it's called the Jock and Nerd Nation. You can find the link at our contact page, jockandnerd.com slash contact. I pull a lot of the stories from the show from there, and there's some great discussions going on uh, about this story and stories coming up, and you get to meet all the fun listeners. I got to say welcome to more of Jess Rivera's friends, even though they're probably never going to listen to the show. Uh, what's up to Vinny Tremblay, John Weber, Jerome Kastler, Chris Karate? Which is a great name. That's a great name. And Enrico Garibay. I uh, hope you guys eventually hear me say your name. Uh, one dude got added by Jess already left. So we had a first day, last day guy. Yeah. That, that's always yeah. like, That's always fun. Now, uh, speaking of the other thing Mike Tchaikovsky brought up in the discussion about this Henry Cavill thing, Tchaikovsky kept bringing up an interesting point. Uh, is it Superman even relevant anymore in this day and age when you have fucking C-list Marvel characters making a billion billion dollar movies. Uh, it does anyone even give a fuck about Superman? Should they let it rest? Point being, the Ant-Man franchise, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, has made over $1 billion total. Uh, the sequel, Ant-Man and the Wasp, has made $610 million total so far. Uh, the three movies, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, and Ant-Man and the Wasp that have come out this year have pushed the MCU to over $4 billion in the worldwide box office just this year. Oh, shit. For uh, perspective's sake, Disney bought Marvel for $4 billion in 2009, and yes. they make that this year. The year's not even over. So... How relevant is the is Batman and Superman anymore when you could do this with Ant-Man and the Wasp? I don't know. It's kind of a good point. Uh, did you think these the Ant-Man and the Wasp would, would make a billion dollars collectively themselves? Well, when you put them together, yeah. Yeah, when you put them together. I, I mean, figured they'd make, you know, somewhere in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So Yeah. I mean, if you would have asked me this prior to Ant-Man coming out, right. I would have been like, well, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But I mean, now 
with if you combine both together, yeah, with the MCU the way it is, and then, oh, that's not surprising. Maybe before, definitely not uh, before Ant Man came out, but. They've just built up so much faith in you know the in in the viewers now that uh, they can just kind of uh, shit out anything and make a make a ton of money and they're not that they're going to shit out anything and it's they just, have yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they totally do. Uh, moving on to uh, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones, uh, Kit Harrington. Jon Snow knows nothing, but Kit Harrington wants to know a couple of things. Uh, this was also a great discussion in the Facebook group. Kit Harrington wants to know why a gay actor hasn't starred in a Marvel movie. Here's his exact quote. Uh, he says, there's a big problem with masculinity and homosexuality that they can't somehow go hand in hand, he explained. That we can't have someone in a Marvel movie who's gay in real life and play some superhero. I mean, when is that going to happen? Uh, to answer that question, uh, Tessa Thompson in uh, Thor. Ragnarok. Well, that we know of. She's gay? Yeah, yeah. She's bi. She's bi. Is she yeah, really? she is, yeah, isn't yeah. she? I have no idea. Isn't she's she with, hooking up with uh, Janelle Monet or yes, something. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Her and Janelle Monet. They've uh, I've seen photos of them. Uh, they're they're a couple. Uh, I mean, I agree. See, that, that, with, that's 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 exactly the point that I would try to raise up. Is yeah. I had no idea that Tessa Thompson. Well, it doesn't matter to me. Like it I, doesn't I, matter. Yes, for me it doesn't matter. Like if yes. she if she's gay, okay, great. If she's not. Like the only reason that's gonna matter to someone like me is if you point it out. Otherwise, I don't care. You can you can cast a gay actor. You can cast a straight actor. Right. I don't know. I just it's weird that that that's an question that Kit Harrington wants to right? ask. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's just weird. But like, it's just weird. Like, go with me on this. I think someone said this in the group, but yeah. but you know, Hollywood and all of the arts. You know, we're talking about has huge amounts of people that are LGBTQ yeah, absolutely involved. Yeah. They're in they're in everything. Every they're inserted in every single thing. Now whether that they're playing characters that are gay, that's a different story, but they they are there. And a lot of them don't aren't like uh forthright. I mean Kevin Spacey came out after someone accused him of rape even though Everybody knew that he was gay, I guess, in the business. Well, that's the other issue is, you know, some actors are private and don't want it to be out. And it's that either going to want it to affect their career. Exactly. It'll affect their career either way. I do, uh, you know, agree with the beginning of a statement that about the problem with masculinity and homosexuality can't go hand in hand because they can. But I think he misses the I don't know why he's picking on Marvel. I think he misses the point. Well, he, he sees Marvel as yeah. as the leader in the industry. Is he trying to stay be... relevant because Game of Thrones oh, is over? I, and... I think he just sees Mar as Marvel's yeah. the leader in the industry, and he sees that as they should be the ones setting the example for how things are moving forward. Well, that, and that's a good point. Someone else made the point that like nowadays Marvel, it just me, it's become a generic term to mean like blockbuster movie almost. You know, right? right. You say a Marvel movie, but I think more importantly is what that we need uh, gay characters being shown on screen. Uh, you I know, would, I would think it makes more sense to do that. Yes, than having a a, a gay actor play a straight because superhero. You know, yeah. Like Anthony says, you don't really know who what they are. You don't no one like really And it doesn't it should have been right. makes them like puts them on a lie detector test right. and says, What are you know, what do you prefer? Yeah, there's no color coding in the yeah, credits. I mean, you know. In an just, ideal world, you're not judging someone you like their sexuality doesn't matter exactly. in terms of when they're auditioning for the role. That yeah, shouldn't, shouldn't be a factor. No. It shouldn't uh, but, but yeah, I like yeah. agree that now with you guys and that let if you want something that'll be more impactful cast make a character gay in a lead role yes that would be from yeah, marvel that, that would be a... that would be huge because yes representation matters but it matters in the characters of the character but then people are going to get all upset that like oh you hired a straight guy to play a gay guy like you can't please i mean ever hugh jackman all right what about hugh jackman <laughs> 
Do you know for, I mean, no. do you really know I don't if know. he's straight no. or gay? Even though know. he has a wife and whatever. You do you really know? You don't really know. There's yeah. a lot of people who are quote unquote married. Elton John was married twice. I mean, I think there's right? still beard. The is beard thing? thing is still Hugh there. Jackman being gay? I had no idea. No, I don't know. I'm just uh, saying as there was example. rumors yeah. oh. a while back. Mm. But like, that's the thing. There were rumors. There, no one's ever substantiated these things, but whatever. But the point is, is that it's up to them if they want to be out. You know, now you have to get, now you have to do the search guy. I'm going to hire an actor, but okay. Are you willing to say to everyone in the world that you're gay yeah. so we can have representation? Right. Yeah. That doesn't make it's, any it's sense. It's kind of like a weird, I know, I understand that the, we all want the best thing for the world, which is to have everybody be open and honest, but some people don't want to do that. So there you go. I mean, I would love to see a, a huge blockbuster action movie with, you know, the lead being a gay character. That would be super interesting. Well, and I think, uh, turn on broke back mountain. It's <laughs> not a blockbuster. Didn't it win? I, it was an Oscar winner. Yeah. yeah. I just can't quit you. <laughs> uh, the, uh, speaking, uh, let's move on to. <laughs> I like how everyone gets so nervous and goes, okay, move on. <laughs> I don't know how to segue off of this one. Brokeback Mountain made $178 million. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. Did it win an Oscar? I don't remember. $170 million, huh? Hmm. $78 million on a $14 million budget. I remember it was nominated for Best Picture. Oh, oh, okay. It won Best Director. Ang Lee. Jake Gyllenhaal and, and Heath Ledger, Best man. Best Screenplay, too. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, no. Won a Golden Globe, Best Motion but Picture I'm Drama. I'm talking about like a action-packed yeah, blockbuster uh, would be, uh, that would be cool. Do that. Representation is important. Uh, th- there's a couple of things that have already been released by the time the show posts. One of Wait, them, I have, I have a question. Though. Yes, would that movie make money? Which one? The gay superhero movie. I, uh, I think so. I, I think, think it would. Money. Okay, I think, I think it would. I think it would if if it was good. Yeah, yeah, it would definitely rally behind it. I mean, I would say probably uh, a female one would definitely. Uh, would be accepted, but I don't know. The, you talking about the 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 Midwest and the South, Anthony? Come on, I don't know. I mean, I, just, was, I just think urban and then, populations and, then, and, and can, the global and the global box office. Oh, the global too. box office. I don't know. Well, so I, that's, that's another, every country is different. Yeah, that's another interesting part of this discussion is that homosexuality is illegal in a lot of countries uh, overseas. Illegal, Ill- illegal. Illegal is what I meant. Uh, I believe someone posted that India just. Uh, reverse that and made it legal, which is huge for the Indian population. R- Russia is very against it, but that may be why we're never going to get it because these people are thinking of the global the global market. I don't know how they what the Chinese I wouldn't say never. I wouldn't say never. no. Well, someone would take a risk and 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 do it, but like what are the Chinese? What would the Chinese think I, of I this? That's going to be in the discussion. Movies are supported a lot by urban yeah culture, urban population and, and culture, I think urban urban populations for the most part in the U.S. Are very accepting of homosexuality. Of everything, pretty yeah, much. Pretty much everything. It would also help if there was like a, a gay popular comic book character that everyone knew that they could put on screen. I can't really. Outside of Alpha Flight, <laughs> I can't. Bobby Drake. North Star. North Star. Constantine isn't, isn't Constantine. Constantine gay. is bisexual on the show, actually, too. And they talk about that. Yeah. Right. Uh, but and then, uh, Bobby Drake is gay. Uh, Iceman. Right. Oh, he's yeah. he. Oh, he became gay. Yeah, and the and but this was the one from the past that came to the future, or when the universe is merged. Mm. I don't know. It's confusing. 
But it, if there was a, you know, a character attached, I think that would definitely help. I would love to see it. Make it happen, mm. someone. <laughs> uh, the the Predator is out. Hide your, hide your uh, kids. Predators hide your wife. Hide, hide your wife. Your hide your children. I haven't seen it yet. I will, as of the, when this show comes out, I may or may not have seen it. All right. Well, post your instant reaction to the Patreon. Uh, it, by the time this show posts, the, it will have opened. Taking a look. Oh, man. I looked at the Rotten Tomato score earlier and I was making the notes, and uh, now it has gone down. It's at 36%. Uh, tomato what meter. About average score. 5.3 out of Better. 10. Uh, I saw some articles saying this is like the best one after the original. Uh, but basically mentioning like the, the comedy is, is, is there. Shane Black's humor really helps. And then other articles saying that this is just a big fucking mess. So I can't wait to find out. Do you think the controversy about the predator? I mean, I'm talking about the, uh, the actual predator. predator. Yeah. I don't think like, it, it's going to help or hurt. Hit, hit, hurt this movie a little. No, nah, I just think no one wants to see the predator. Anymore. Yeah. I just think it's just, it's just gone. And the market. I don't know. Been I really always weird. think that the stink of something like that does affect the film to some degree. I mean, it's not good. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to help it. Are we going to briefly talk about this next week? Are we planning on seeing this? Uh, if we look, we'll talk about I'm gonna it. See it I'm so going to see it. I will talk about it. If I, I, if I will no see it. Does. We will try to get you uh, try to some sort okay. of quick review. Uh, for next week's show. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Predator. I love um, the Predator. <laughs> real quick about this Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised. The marketing has been awful. Yeah. It looks like a fucking B movie. I read an article where a B movie is a movie where they fucking kill the dog. And this is that type of movie from what the review I read. Where, yep, they're killing the dog. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like kill, the, kill a dog in the movie? Kill a dog in the movie, yes. Yikes. Well, there's a movie we're going to talk about later that kind of does that too. But... um. Uh, the one movie that uh, or the I was looking back at old Predator stuff yeah and even the original Predator when it initially came out was very mixed yeah it wasn't until much later that people started appreciating it so I kind of want to watch that again before I go see this or maybe afterwards in in why because Shane Black is in that movie he is he's actually in the original and he gets killed he's like the first one that gets killed he's reading a comic book in it yeah he's the the first Predator death uh, which is Honest Trailers did a uh, Honest Trailer recently about the, the Predator movie the original yeah (laughs) <laughs> and if you rewatch that movie, I didn't realize this until the very end. Um, but the end credits are like a TV sitcom. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. They like do each character like Arnold, like look at the camera, smile, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the next one, <laughs> Carl Weathers I I looks at the camera, that. smiles. Yeah. And it's like Carl Weathers as Dylan. Like, and it's just like each character, like smiling with the music. <laughs> Holy the shit. Well, this is kind of why I want to watch it again. I haven't seen it in a long time. And I'm just, uh, I want to see how I feel about it now. Uh, you know, It'd be crazy to take that uh, ending and then put it to the theme song, The Family Matters. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> what it was writing of. This was uh, the mid-80s, the end of Mr. Belvedere type stuff. Uh, the other thing that's out and we will do a review of as soon as everyone finishes it is season two of Iron Fist. Uh, what's the watch update, fellas? I Rux? saw one episode. Okay. Uh, I'm at one episode as well. <laughs> okay. I'm at five. I've just been. I, I think this will probably be in the next two weeks. Yeah, I've managed to watch one a day, but uh, even that. You want to give quick thoughts on the first episode? What did you guys think? I don't even remember it. I don't <laughs> remember. Remember that it was like really grating to see the whole like I brought Chinese food home yeah. thing. It was just weird. <laughs> I will say that the first episode had much better action than anything in the first Iron Man season. The whole um, yeah, Iron didn't. Fist. 
Iron oh, what did fist. I say? Iron Man? Iron Fist. <laughs> Iron Fist. Um, and the first episode didn't it didn't make me mad at Danny Rand. Okay. So that's, that's a, all I got. That, that's a positive. My experience was a little weird. Like the first two episodes, I don't know if I was tired or it was late. I had a hard time like getting through those first two episodes. It was, I kind of felt bored. I had to rewind things because uh, my mind was wandering. But then the third episode, things start to get interesting and uh, it, it, it starts to hook you in. So halfway right. through, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm into it. I want to see. No. What happens? First episodes, the first few episodes are never strong. No, and then, yeah, they and these shows they always want to recap the last season, like very uh, obviously. The, and the one uh, thing that I that left me in the first episode, and obviously I've only seen one, so I don't know if this is a running theme, but it ends with him being kind of an angry, yeah, like enjoying the the fact that he's punching people. Yeah, and that's a little too similar to daredevil and Luke cage for me in terms of they enjoy beating people up in the second season. He's not really that same laid back, uh, dude we saw in Luke cage. Okay. Yeah. Right, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Run. I will Just say shut your fucking mouth. I love, I like, I like, uh, I like him in the mask and I did notice these fight scenes. They're not cutting away from these fight scenes. I noticed that too. You know, the camera's just there cause he's got the fucking mask on and it may not even be him. Well, I noticed that in the first episode. Yeah. They yeah, weren't cutting yeah, They're much. not cutting away. Uh, what, uh, this second season, uh, one notary, notary thing it has is, uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Marvel's Iron Fist breaks the tomato meter record with biggest sophomore bump. So the first season of Iron Fist, 19%. Had nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go. Second season, this thing is sitting at 52%. Still, Still not, not good. Great. Not, but 33% <laughs> is like the biggest jump uh, that any show has had. And usually it's the other way around, you know, like uh, it'll get worse as the seasons go. But, well, at least they started in the right place, which is at the fucking bottom. Good work. It's the, the only thing they got going for them. Uh, we'll have a review soon. And I guess at the end of the season, uh, the whole season, there's a little teaser for season three of Daredevil. Yeah, I already watched it. You guys get get to watch this yet? Yeah. It's short. I like it. It's really dark. I don't mean like metaphorically or in tone. I mean like literally like I can't. It's hard to see what the fuck's <laughs> going on. Uh, and it's uh, uh, Matt Murdock and his. He is he in the the black original black costume? Yeah, he's doing a confessional. He's right? in a confessional, and he's all bloody. And I love the lines where he's like, "Darkness only responds to darkness." And he's like, "I'd rather die as the devil than live as Matt Murdock." I was like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh, this is getting dark." I like it. We may have a date for when this comes out. There is a deleted tweet on Reddit. Uh, it's in Thai from Netflix Thailand. Saying October 19th. Geek boner. <laughs> but like a wow, little over like a month away. Yes. So, Whoa. right. So for them, the, this will be the fourth, the fourth this year. And they put Whoa. it. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing at the whoa. Uh, and, oh, whoa. <laughs> That was my best Joey. But, but, whoa, whoa! Uh, and, and it was deleted, but they're saying the review embargo is expected to lift on October twelfth, so the the nineteenth date would make sense. But that's fucking crazy. Like now, I'm I'm I, I'm more excited. I want to get through Iron Fist so we can get to the fucking Daredevil season three. Uh, and, Jesus Christ! Uh, there's so there's so much content coming out uh, the rest of this year that uh, I don't know what to do. Another movie coming out later this year. That uh, I'll be front row for this train rack, Venom. Oh, God. We have a runtime and a possible 
rating revealed according to the AMC Theaters website. They're saying it's going to be PG-13, which we all kind of figured. Sony hasn't officially rated the movie, but it is one hour and 52 minutes of uh, Venom. Gonna get my venom. Sounds phenomenal. It's gonna be so venomicious. Venom. I, I got a venom comment from one of my friends again. Uh, they were uh, okay. This relates to Henry Cavill. I should yeah. have said this earlier, but yeah. they were like, "How the hell can you make a Supergirl movie without Superman?" And then he left that comment blank, and then he came back. He's like, "Oh wait a minute, Ven- Sony's making a Venom movie without Spider Man." <laughs> so I think Spider-Man, it's possible. Yes, <laughs> anything is possible. But is, is mm, it good? Yeah. yeah. No. I, <laughs> It's probably not going to be good, but it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. It doesn't mean it's going to be good. It doesn't mean it's going to be good. In, in fact, it probably means it's going to be bad. <laughs> I can't wait. They're, look, they're still uh, projecting uh, 60 million plus opening weekend on the weekend of October 5th, which will break Gravity's record in October uh, from a few years ago. Uh, I don't know. There's uh, this buzz. Uh, there's still a lot of buzz. I think a lot of people are looking forward to this. It's not going to be good. Here's another thing that's released by the time this show posts more fucking content. It's the DC Universe streaming app. And actually, I got an email just today. The app has launched. Geek Boner. Apparently, you can get it on uh, Google Play, uh, the App Store, and Roku right now. Uh, so I haven't downloaded it yet. Uh, I'll uh, You guys download it. Check it out. Uh, and they've put out a new photo for this Titan show. That's coming out on October 12th. That uh, looks like people cosplaying, but it's an actual show yeah. uh, for, for DC. But it's a photo of two Robins. They got uh, Dick Grayson and Jason Todd wearing similar Robin outfits, uh, kind of robining off. I'm a, I'm a Robin. No, I'm the Robin. You guys see these photos? What do you think? What do you think of? Uh, I'm kind of confused. Why are they both wearing the fucking Robin costume? Because they're both Robin. Yeah, but they were they were never both Robin at the same time, were they? They're not the exact same costume. Because the show is stupid. Oh, that's why. <laughs> that's exactly why. Teen Titan, a dark Teen Titans is stupid. <laughs> you think so? Yes. Well, I don't think. I think Teen Titans should be the way Teen Titans is, which is kind of like a regular comic book. Yeah. Not like it's not as dark as Batman. No. Right. Be a, yeah. a, a shade lighter. It's than it's the children of the universe. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but Siri, there's serious shit happening. In yeah, I know that, yeah. but I'm just saying there's a tone that you can put on this that they are it just uh, makes it saying like Batman. Yeah, they're they're making it look like Batman, uh, Batman v Superman. They are a little bit. If you missed, uh, it's, not, it's just it's Hawk and Dove are not are not those characters. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> if you miss Zack Snyder, this show is for you, everyone. I wonder if is going to be in that show. Who? That's the bad guy from Hawk and Dove. Ah, well, Jason Todd is going to come in like mid-season, uh, and uh, there'll also be Doom Patrol, and you're going to get that spinoff thing. And uh, also, I, I didn't put this in the show notes, but they've talked about the Swamp Thing show, which is something I'm really looking forward to. They're going to go for a hard R, and it's going to be a dude in a suit, uh, an actual physical That's the costume. That's a show that can be dark. And, and that should be, because Swamp Thing yeah. is a weird, dark fucking uh, universe that he lives in. They've cast a guy to play the Swamp Thing. Uh, and uh, I, I, I forgot what his name is, but he's uh, he's bald and he has no eyebrows and he kind of looks like the Swamp Thing already. So that's a good start. Uh, but they, I don't know what there's no release as to when that show is going to come out. But October 12th, we will have 
Titans. And then the last thing in the news, you guys, I pulled this for you. It combines two things we all love. That's King Kong and puppets. This is crazy. <laughs> I had no idea from the New York Times. Click this link. Uh, there is a, a, a King Kong Broadway musical about to come out with this amazing fucking Kong puppet for the stage. You never knew about this? No, before? I did not oh, know. Wow. So apparently. This is this, my first time here about this it. thing no, has I, been I, in the I works. Well, it's been in the works for 10 years. This puppet is 20 feet tall, weighs 2000 pounds. And uh, the, this musical is, uh, has cost $35 million already. It's a, uh, it looks like a moving sculpture. It requires 14 performers and 16 microprocessors. Now, listener, definitely check the show notes. Click this link. Cause you see, the movement and you see these expressions this thing is making anthony what are your first thoughts on looking at this crazy fucking giant puppet moving i want, I want to see it right i would go to this show isn't that i want to see it this fucking thing is insane it is I'm crazy. reading it right now though yeah. like, even in the scenes where he's not supposed to be there they can't just move him off no, screen. he's too big he has so he's to just stay. always going to be on stage so the he's story, a looming presence the yeah. story is based on the original uh you know 30 30s movie and he's going to you know kidnap the girl and scale a buildings in on stage in this fucking play. One thing I thought was interesting uh, in this article is uh, they mentioned that they were influenced by a, uh, it's a Japanese uh, puppetry style where you see the performers on stage. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know how else you would do that. You that's that you can't, I mean, if they're wearing black, like you literally have guys picking up his giant arms and his hands while he's suspended from cables and there's people pulling cables. Well, did something similar to this in Warhorse, Didn't they? Yes. They did yes. This takes it to the next level, but this is by far the most advanced fucking puppeteering marionette technology that I've ever seen. Just, the movement and the expression in his face looks fucking sick. Like, uh, I would love to go see this. Anthony will make a trip out to Broadway and uh, have a look there. <laughs> and we'll have a look. We'll just have a peek. We'll actually see it. Uh, but would this get you to go see a Broadway musical, Anthony? That's pretty cool. Uh, the last Broadway musical I've seen was, uh, oh, what the fuck was that one in Africa? The funny one. Oh, uh, the Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon. That's the last one I've seen. I've seen that. I've seen that too. That's fucking hilarious. Especially if you don't know how dirty it's going to get. And oh, that, they're, fucking amazing. that they're going to start singing uh, uh, fucking crazy shit. You're like, oh my God, did they just say uh, what I think they said? And they did. <laughs> so that's the last one I've seen there. I know there's, I've actually want to go out and see more musicals and plays. Yeah. But I just, I get lazy and don't look it up. Um, but yeah, I would see this one totally. This is, I mean, I, I'm it's a kaiju fan. Do, it's only worth doing if you have good seats, though. Yeah, yeah. Be cool to be up front. If you're way in the back, it's like it's it's like pointless. You can't. It sucks. But like, you got to get good seats. That's the whole thing. Yeah, that's one of those. It makes a splurge. huge difference. I so, yeah. I always wanted to see that Spider Man turn off uh the, turn off the dark into the dark turn off the lights. Whatever. I never made it. Uh, even though it was a, uh, a kind of a commercial failure and the thing had so many problems and uh, stunt performers were getting injured like all the time. You uh, two did the music and they had him like swinging up to the balcony. He was on top of the Green Goblin flying around. Uh, and uh, I've heard some of the songs. The songs were whatever, but uh, I would have loved to see that one. It's no longer around. Uh, this fucking King Kong on Broadway looks sick. So all you Kaiju I fans. I might do it. Check it out. Rugs, you're the closest. Go see it and give us a review. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side with our review of 2009's The Watchmen. Uh, why are we reviewing The Watchmen? You're going to find out right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Along with my co-host, Bill, every Thursday, we bring you classic hip-hop. Classic. Classic. You know, all the good stuff. The stuff that you forgot about. The golden age. Pre-golden age. Back to the original era. For all the pioneers, I'm going way back. Way back. Way back. Each week, we bring you hip-hop headlines. So we let you know what's going on with your favorite artists from back in the day. We bring you Woo News. We dedicate an entire segment just to the Wu-Tang Clan every week. Wu-Tang Clan we bring you two records one is a one and done one is a record of the week we give you an artist of the month we give you all the classics classic come and check us out every week we're on itunes stitcher and at mrthrowbackthursday.com and if you remember nothing else always remember new school stale old school fresh do you like superheroes? Do you like movies, television shows, and comic books? Do you like listening to a guy rant about these things for hours on end? Well, then you're in luck, because you need to check out Pod Capers, the official podcast of a place to hang your cape. Featuring me, Scott James Meridue, we'll be talking about a variety of geek and nerdy issues, joined each week by a rotating panel of guests that will try to contain me. Jokes on them, I cannot be contained. So please join us on Pod Capers, the official podcast of a place to hang your cape, where superheroes go to relax. But I never do. Cue the music! Listener, thanks for uh, enjoying the show. If you want to support the show, you want bonus content, uh, some swag, stickers, and t-shirts, join our fan club over at jockinner.com slash Patreon, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to a bonus feed with tons of bonus content. What bonus content this week? We have a review of Crazy Rich Asians from the jock. Oh, shit. Nice. Anthony saw a rom-com, Anthony. This is crazy. Yep. It was either between that or The Nun. So... I had to go with the nun. Rom-com over horror movie. Yeah. Uh, I listened to it. It's a very good review. I'm glad you got to see it. It is, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's again, representation for Asians. This movie is huge. It's making a lot I'm of money. I'm interested in seeing this. I, wa- I also want to see it. It's good. All right, check out that review. And also, look, we got a lot of content from Anthony. You're actually fucking, the jock is doing some work. Oh, shit. I can't believe it. Jock Talk, new episode with Chaz. Hey, shut the fuck up. I'm doing something. Uh, there you go. What are you guys talking about this week, Anthony? Uh, we talked about NFL week one and some of the top storylines from college football and maybe some random stuff. Look at, uh, you oh, how the- much Detroit sucks. Yeah. So you mentioned the Serena Williams or Venus, whatever her name is. Oh no, no, that's Serena. Um, 
No, we didn't talk about that. We kept it strictly football and, and oh. cities in America that suck. Because that was Detroit. all over the place. Yeah, I did see that too. You guys talked about Detroit. Uh, recently, my brother-in-law, he got a job offer in Troy, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. And him and the wife and the kid went out there to visit. Now, he has lived in Los Angeles. He's driven through South Central. He's driven through the South Side here in Chicago. When he came back, he was like, that is some of the worst shit I've ever seen that both of them were just shocked at it's like a failed city. That's the in uh, America. It's crazy. That's what me and Jazz were talking about and how uh I mean it, it's a dying city. It really is. And the and the question is A, can it come back? And B, what city is next? I don't there's no. there there so I don't see there's a great documentary on Netflix called Detropia. Uh, made in 2013 and oh my god it's fucking shocking they showed me photos of like just blocks and blocks of boarded up houses boarded up high schools boarded up factories i was like this looks like a fucking war zone i was like they should film the walking dead here they would save money on set decoration uh it's it looked that fucking bad and and they have actual zombies they have actual zombies they still have what four major sports teams they have four major sports teams, you know. And also, what else is weird is there's a lot of podcast studios I've seen popping up in Detroit. Well, here's the thing. I mean, here's just a number for you. Detroit in 1950 had 1.8 million people. Yes, this is amazing. As of 2016, there are under 700,000 Oh, shit. Can you imagine that? 700,000 people. So part of the thing in the documentary is that 1. people- 1.1 million people left. The cops and the, the emergency services are having a hard time Helping everyone because people are so spread out, you know, like there's one house on one block. The rest of the houses are abandoned. They tried to move everyone into one area so they could serve them better. And of course, that didn't go over well because people are like, I'm not fucking moving. Fuck you. And they remove bus lines. People are like, how am I supposed to get to work? Like, it's crazy. It's just a crazy, crazy uh, city right now. And uh, but, I mean, look, you got a place that's got all this infrastructure there. They have sewer systems, toilet systems, all that stuff. I mean, it'd be really the problem, shitty to the, let it go to waste. The problem is like where they built the industry. My brother-in-law was saying like it, Chicago was smart where they put all their industry like on the south side of, uh, in, in one area. In Detroit, the factories are like spread out all over the place. And when all those factories uh, go down. Uh, this is what happens. It becomes well, an all abandoned. The manuf- the, all yeah. the car manufacturers yeah. left. It's like an abandoned city. That, that industry. And uh, pretty much, uh, yeah. So he's taking the job in Troy. And I was like, you know what? Just don't go to Detroit. That's fine. Stay in Troy. The job's in Troy. <laughs> There's no reason to go to Detroit unless you really like one of their sports teams and uh, want to check it out. Uh, I got I want to thank all of our patrons on the Patreon that we have, but especially our $10 patrons at the you pick it tier because what happens at ten dollars you get to pick a movie for us to review also this tier is known as pick a movie uh to force anthony to watch that maybe he wouldn't watch that's a lot of fun God fucking damn it so thanks to the following people who have or given us ten dollars or more west cranford blake braden bonner demling tane reese glenn smith joe henry john seifert mark no 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 Matthew Lawrence, Ray O'Neill, <laughs> Steve Lee, and Ron Hans. And Ron Hans' movie pick is what we are going to be giving you right now. He wanted us to review The Watchmen. So we're going to do a quick kind of mostly a discussion uh, yeah. than a review on 2009's The Watchmen. And even still, I am going to issue spoiler alerts for a nine-year-old movie. 
Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. So we are fulfilling a Patreon order. And if you like this, uh, you know what to do. Sign up, jockandair.com slash Patreon. And you can you can force us to, to watch any movie you want. I got to say thank you to Blake Braden. He was very nice uh, for sharing his Amazon login so we could watch some of these movies. Uh, but I also found out that my wife has Amazon Prime and there's a thing called Amazon Household. So if you all, everyone in the household signs up, you have the same address, you all share the benefits of free shipping and you get to watch all the video, which mm. is very cool. Uh, so I did that. On Amazon Prime, there's three versions of this fucking movie. Oh, yeah. There's the theatrical version, the theatrical cut that runs like two hours and 42 minutes. There's the director's cut, which is a little over three hours. And then there's an ultimate cut, which is like three hours and 24 minutes. The difference is being the director's cut has more extended scenes. Uh, there's a little more violence, a little more sex. The ultimate cut adds the animated tale of the black freighter from the book into the movie kind of like the book and yes this movie is based on an original graphic novel uh by alan moore and dave gibbons that came out uh 1986 through 1987 in 12 installments i think it was uh amazing book uh you know what one one of the things people cite as one of the greatest reads like up there with dark knight uh returns watchman v for vendetta uh ultimately uh re-readable uh, interestingly enough, Alan Moore's name, not in the credits <laughs> because we know Alan Moore is a grumpy old fuck. And I kind of can understand why he probably hates this fucking movie if he's even seen it, but it says just, uh, Watchmen co-created and illustrated by Dave Gibbons. No, Alan Moore, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this movie six at 64% on the tomato meter, 6.3 out of 10 average rating. Box office on a $130 million budget. Uh, this movie made $55 million opening weekend, finished at a domestic total of 107 and a worldwide total of 185 million. So not really that great for no. spending $130 million. Yeah. Now this movie, I rewatched the director's cut last night and Anthony, have you read the book? No. Okay. I think that's an interesting perspective because if you've read the book, it's hard to critique this movie just as a movie sometimes because, uh, it's, a, it's, a, I mean, the movie from all the research I've done is, is a love story to that. Like as in love story to the book and as far as copying panels, it, it's very faithful, but he does take some liberties and some, some key moments and especially, the end. So for people who've never read the book, basically the story takes place in an alternate 1985 that supposes what if actual caped masked vigilantes existed? Uh, how would they rewrite history? How would they interact with governments? Uh, now, uh, you know, Nixon is still president in this movie. Yeah, the Cold War is spun out of control. and There's actually a nuclear uh, doomsday clock there's a doomsday clock that's counting down we have a do there's an actual uh nuclear doomsday clock rugs did you rewatch this recently yeah i rewatched the whole thing uh let's start with uh just what did you like opening thoughts well, and uh, what do you like about this movie let's just have a discussion instead yeah. of going opening thoughts okay and what you liked and so uh overall i think the movie is it, it's a long fucking movie all right and 
if you're not really into what the movie's about, like the story that it's trying to tell in its specific kind of way, it's not a movie for you. Just like the book is not for everyone. Mm. All right, so that there's that. Uh, what J- what Zack Snyder decided to do with it, I feel is like um, very Hollywood of him, where they where uh, basically the ending is all tied into the main characters and and is not it, there's no surprise there, so you lose a lot of that surprise of the end of the book. There are some great visuals in this movie. I mean, right out of the comic book, panel for panel. I mean, there really is some like amazing directing going on uh, visually. Where the directing falls flat in this movie is the acting. Mm-hmm. And the weakest link is Malin Ackerman's uh, uh, Sally Jupiter. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Miss Jupiter. Spectre? Or was that- no, Silk Spectre was uh, her mom. Oh, okay. That was yeah. Carla Guidino. There's, yeah. there's a scene where they're on Mars. She's on Mars talking yeah. to Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. And it's supposed to be this emotional scene. And she's like a piece of wood delivering these lines. And that's like, to me, the weakest part of the movie. That and the ending being a little weak, too. I think the, the ending should have been a little bit more emotional. And um, I, I know that Zack Snyder was kind of going by the book to a degree, but he should have really amped that up, the ending a little bit, the emotional impact that, that what had just happened. I felt mm. like it was kind of like not capitalized on enough. And that would sell the point to be much better. Um, other than that, though, I kind of think it's a good movie. And every time I watch it, I learn something new. And I, I, I get another perspective on the book that I love so much. So I think it's a, I enjoy the movie. I don't think it's a great movie, but I enjoy it. Anthony, not having read the book, uh, did you get this movie? Or wh- how? what was your uh, take on it from just pure, like as a movie? I love how you ask questions. Um, I don't know. I'm all shaken <laughs> up. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about today. Is there someone standing behind me? <laughs> He's behind me, isn't he? Oh, shit. Dad? Uh, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so I will apologize to Ron Hans and the listeners. I saw this movie back when it came out, and I think I saw it again brief shortly after it came out, and I haven't seen it since. So I'm basing this purely off of memory, and I could be totally wrong about this after if I rewatched this movie. I did not read the comic. So I am one of those viewers that isn't, um, you know, reverent of the story because I have no idea of what the story was until I saw this mm-hmm. movie. I, I know now what the story is after reading reading about it after watching this movie, but um, that kind of skews my perspective. I remember watching this movie and think, first off, I saw the trailers for this and I was like, whoa, that looks interesting. I yeah. have no idea what the fuck this is about, yeah. but it looks really cool and I'm going to see it when it comes out. I saw it when it came out with my girlfriend at the time in college. And again, I thought really cool visuals, really cool stylized visuals, things on screen that I was like, wow, that's that's an interesting way to film that. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's Zack Snyder. He did 300, right? This is really... This third like, this, movie. This was this the is third the, movie. This is the type of movie that's like tingling my eyes. Like I'm, yeah. I, I, my senses are like kind of overwhelmed. Um, really enjoyed Rorschach's performance. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley was really probably enjoyed. the standout guy in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved I loved the line where he gets he's in prison and he they're they're dragging him away from getting yeah. into another fight and he's like, "You guys think uh, I'm locked in here with you? Yeah. 
when you guys are really locked in here with yeah, me. Yeah, okay. I love it. It's awesome. He's so. Wow, you, you really nailed that. Oh, you know, yeah, he, he's doing his best, like Christian Bale Batman in this, too. Yeah, before Bale was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. When, before, it was like the same time. Yeah, around yeah. the same time. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed Osmandius' character. I thought, I was like, oh man, that guy is a fucking asshole, but he's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but overall, watched the movie and I just couldn't help. It was super long. Yeah. I remember just yeah. being like, this is dragging. And I couldn't help but coming out of that movie and think to myself, there was a lot of cool shit I saw on screen and I feel completely bored and flat watching yeah, this. Yeah, there's no thing. connection to it, is there? And I, I think it's just because Snyder's directing, although beautiful, it lingers just a bit too long on everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's able to draw performance out of actors and actresses as well as other directors. And the last thing I would say is, I think he, this is me doing a little research after the fact, but I think he was so beholden to copying everything in the film, in mm-hmm. the comic book, mm-hmm. that the movie on its own didn't have its own identity. Hmm. I think I think the movie lost a little bit of that um of standing out on its own. I think it's almost like the the Psycho remake where you copy everything from the, the original source. And it's just hollow. And it's just hollow. And that's that's the way I felt about this is that I I felt I felt very flat after watching this movie. The adaptation part of it is interesting cuz uh a few years earlier, I think it was 2005, Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller do Sin City. Yeah. And that visually is like, you're like, holy shit, this looks like the black and white fucking graphic comic book. Uh, and that's, I think that's the first time I remember seeing anybody really. And then 300 pull. came out. And then Snyder does 300 in 2006. And that's very faithful to Frank Miller's book. But too. it also, I think it also adds more to it. Yeah, I think so. 300 is still great. I um, 300 is my favorite. Zach, that, that's the only movie where I will be like, Zack Snyder knocked it out of the park with this one. What he added to that movie was the way the way it's filmed with that hyper stylized yeah. um, filming and the, yeah. the you know like the the whole world seems like an alternate world. It's not reality. So that, he, he uh, added that to that. In my oh, opinion. the hype. I see that. Uh, so I think the problem with this is a lot of people are saying that's a more faithful adaption of the work than this is. But he he clearly he he does pulls the panels right from the book. And, the, and, the, and my big issue is uh, it doesn't uh, he mi- kind of misses the point of the book where he has the slow motion kind of splash pages and uh he emphasizes the violence and uh some of the sex scenes but like that's not what the point of the book is that he's like putting all his efforts in the wrong part of the movie of the story uh i also uh, realized jeffrey dean morgan he's great in this movie but he kind of just plays every character kind of the same doesn't he yeah he's the same guy he's jeffrey dean morgan in every fucking movie i also think Zack snyder just wanted to do batman so bad and he saw the night owl costume and he's like hey i can kind of do a batman with this because there's some fucking batman-esque shit in there uh, that you know we see him do later in Justice League, but watching it again, I I think it's it's it starts out really strong. The opening credits right are away. amazing. The whole history of the Minutemen and how history is the same but a little bit different. Like I love the part where the hippie girl puts the flower in the gun, which is that classic picture from the sixties. Except in this universe, that motherfucker shoots them all down. He doesn't oh, give yeah. a shit. he don't give a shit about your hippie flowers. Uh I love stuff like that. Uh and seeing uh and uh they I think they present the Dr. Manhattan 
uh, you know, concept well? How, with, uh, if you are so powerful, do you just disconnect from being a person? Can you not even stay connected? There's a lot of levels, but that's all Alan Moore, like to, to this right, story. Right, right. But, and then my other problem is, I, you know, this is, when you read a comic book, you have your own version of, of it in your head. And this is Zack Snyder, what he saw in his head. And apparently what he saw was like fucking cliched songs, like all along the watchtower and shit playing over these scenes that I never would imagine them over the scene when I read the book. So the music starts out good. Like I love the Bob Dylan over the opening credits, but then well, that, that just continues the theme. Yeah, it does. And then it, it, but it's like, what about hallelujah when they're having the sex? Yeah. Theme? I don't know if that was a good pick for hallelujah. <laughs> to play well, hallelujah the sex theme. That, at it's that a little point confusing. in the movie, I was like scratching my head. I'm like, yeah. what? like wait, what? what's going on what here? Is this? Yeah. The, the musical choices are, are suspect. Definitely. It's one of the more, um, controversial movies in terms of fan opinion yeah that's been out i mean it, it's a you know it, it doesn't have the cachet that batman v superman caused i think batman yeah. v superman had a little bit less more negative opinions but a lot of people really enjoy this movie and a lot of people mm-hmm. are like that's not that good and i'm in the middle well, i'm like it's okay i don't think it's a great movie by any stretch of the imagination i just think that for some for that comic book to come to life in such a way, it's kind of like miraculous that he did that. It is yes. an ambitious fucking it's thing for him to do. And he pulled it and off. It, it is really a long music video sometimes, but, and there is, he, he, he's not the best subtle director. Yeah. Um, and the acting performances are all over the place. There's like some good, some bad, some terrible, but um, there's some, the thing is, it's like, there's no reason to make another Watchmen movie after this because he did it good enough that there really isn't really a need to redo it. I would, right? I would agree with that. Yeah. Like, so I feel like that he stuck his, he, he, he planted his flag down and said, I made a Watchmen movie. And if you never read the comic, you can get this and you can get some of the great stuff that's in that book. Yeah. And you know what? And I think that that's an accomplishment in and of itself. And, um, so I wouldn't shit on this like Batman versus Superman yeah. or Justice League because I feel like he did a good enough job, even though that the potential for a great movie was there because mm-hmm. the novel is great. I mean, or the graphic novel is great. Um, so he just made a good or okay movie. But I think that it's good enough that you can go, okay, you don't want to read the book, watch this movie, you'll you get can, the idea. Yeah, you can get the idea. I mean, it is artful, but this is like where you start to see you know, Zack Snyder style. And, uh, and I still agree with what I've said the whole time is he's not good at getting a, the best performance out of his actors. Like, uh, the reveal, like in the book, the reveal of that, uh, uh, what's her name? Miss Jupiter, that the comedian is actually her father in the book. I remember going, Holy shit. Oh, shit. Like it's, it hits you so hard. It's paced so yeah, well. That scene. That happens yeah. on Mars yeah. where she finds out. Yes. That's the weakest. That, yes. that It's so weak. Yeah. It should have It should have hit way more. It should have had way the more two things that The two things that, well, he telegraphed those so badly yeah. uh, in that movie. So it wasn't a surprise. But the thing is, it's like if that scene would have worked a lot better. And the ending scene where Ozymandias, you know, tells everybody his, his master stroke. And then you see the carnage. And then you really get to feel like the effect of it. Um, he like that's not in the comic, but he he could have added that and made it even more powerful. 
So he kind of didn't know that he didn't have the instincts to know to do that. So here's kind of like some weird things that he changed from the comic. So in the one scene where uh, when uh, Rorschach is talking to the guy in prison about the first time when he became Rorschach and he he's he's trying to find this girl and he tracks down like the the sexual predator and then in the movie he just hatchets him in the head right in the comic book it's a little more subtle he chains him to the thing he sets the house on fire and he leaves to see and oh he puts a hatchet there so the guy could cut himself free sets the house on fire and goes outside to see if the guy comes out like kind of giving him a chance where this is just straight. You see Rorschach kind of battling with himself, doesn't know what to do, and then just hatchets the fuck out of, like, there's yeah. some violent in the, in the, in the, well, the violent things th- that didn't need to be that I'll fucking tell you emphasized. Why they, I'll tell you why he did that. And, and uh, I think that um, you can look at Rorschach as basically the conscience of the movie, the mm-hmm. unflinching, mm-hmm. uncompromising mm-hmm. conscience of the movie that will never go along with this fucking joke. Right. right. That will never go along with like hypocrisy and letting the fucking criminal element come up. So he has to, in order for him to be that, he has to be kind of crazy. He has to be like, not all there. Mm-hmm. He has to be. And that's kind of where he snapped. We have to paint him as a homicidal maniac because otherwise, um, when he dies at the end of the movie, yeah. you'd be like completely enraged because this like great uh, or very fair person is dying, but now you're like, oh, this guy's a fucking nut. So <laughs> of course he has got to die, and you you can kind of sit with the with the solution of the movie better. I, I, that was my actually favorite part of the movie, um, besides some of the visuals was, and this is I think more due to Alan Moore's writing, mm-hmm. um, but I really enjoyed that. You know, Rorschach was this. Um, binary person where it's either right or it's wrong yep. and it's it's really right or it's really wrong. Yeah. So he couldn't see that this evil thing that Osmandius did was actually for the greater good. Like mm-hmm. he was just like, that's evil as well. This could never stand. I liked I liked the dichotomy of that versus Osmandius being like, I've got to do something to make the world unite. I've got to do something. Even if it's the worst thing in the world, it'll be better off. And I enjoyed that, plus uh, Dr. Manhattan looking from afar, being like, just displacing himself from humanity and being like, okay, you're right. Like, we, we need to do this. Like, I'll go along with it. I'll go along with it. And you even this, have, yeah. like, Night Owl being like, fuck, this sucks. We got to do Shit, it. Shit, man. Yeah. He's got a point. I just, I love, that was the whole, the, my favorite part is that, that philosophy battle of, okay, like, we do one, we kill one person, or in this case, plenty of people. Many for the many greater people good. people for the greater yeah. good, or... Yeah. Do we never kill anybody because killing is bad if you're you only kill if you're a bad guy, right? Or if and if you kill bad and if you kill, then Rorschach will kill you, <laughs> and that's where Rorschach, Rorschach's like, fuck it, man, I'm gonna try to fight Osmandius and I'll fucking try to kill Doctor Manhattan. I don't care. Like this is all fucked up. He's like, I got to tell people we can't keep this a secret. That, that's my favorite part of the movie, and mm. I think that's more Alan Moore's writing. Well, and th- and I think that's some of the things that uh, Snyder had going for him is that he he didn't. He's write. got a strong story. He's, he's got a strong story to start with, and he didn't and write he stuck the with script. A, he stuck with most of it, yeah, except for the very end. Anthony, do you know about the difference like, of what, the what, ending what, in the book? What, what percentage would you give that's of of Watchmen is in this movie? Oh, uh, probably like eighty. Eighty. Yeah, that's, eight, that's good. a lot. Yeah, definitely well, eighty. It, it, it's not the that Doctor Manhattan blew up the 
the plants, it's that there's an alien, right, that comes in or he something? He brings like a giant squid alien to unite the world against. Uh, so I don't know if that really changes the message of the movie. Does that make it even more silly, though, in the movie? Uh, yeah, I, th- I, I don't so. know if that, that would have worked. You're right. Because that was the big controversy when this came out, I remember, amongst like Watchmen purists. They're like, oh, he changed the whole fucking ending. But that would have seemed a little bit silly in the final. Like you look at the last page of the book and it's just like this it, giant pink squid. Like for me, it worked just because Dr. Manhattan throughout the movie is just displayed as this, this like completely detached person. Yeah. He's a dick. He's kind of a he's dick. He is. He's a dick because he's just completely detached from yeah. me. He's a God. Yeah. So it worked for me because the framing, that character would be like, Oh wait, you framed me. And then he'd be like, but that's why you did it. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, I'll go along with that. Like he doesn't really he 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 doesn't he has no real stake in it because he's a god. So he's just like, oh, right. I, this but is the, this should make but, sense. But by the same token, I think the reason why it weakens the movie to a degree mm-hmm. is now I understand why he did what he did and made Doctor Manhattan the bad guy in the end. But I could almost imagine him having a conversation with John and just saying. Hey, I'm doing. You want to do this? Yeah. And you can go away. No, you don't have to worry about anything. Just do me this one favor. Kill half the people, and he would probably have done it. Right. If he, you could, he saw, yeah. saw it made sense. Mm, you yeah. could have got him to do it, I suppose. Yeah. So the, all of this whole rigmarole was completely useless. Um. So I understand the how that sometimes when you do a convenient Hollywood thing, you end up fucking yourself over. And I think that's what he did. He he, all of a sudden he made John inert. By, you know, using Alan Moore's story where he doesn't give a fuck about what happened. Yeah. And then he frames him. And then he's like ambivalent about it and goes along with it. So um, that that would mean that he would probably be ambivalent about it no matter what. Right. Yeah. So, he doesn't. I mean, I love like to your point, Anthony, he, like how he doesn't give a fuck. I love that scene where uh, the comedian shoots the, the Vietnamese pregnant girl. And he's standing there and he's like, uh, yeah, you could have stopped me. You could have turned the bullets into whatever, but you didn't. It's because you don't give a fuck. And, uh, you know, he's got no response to that and and stuff like that. When they bring that up, I just I it, it, it's so cool. But it's uh, a lot of it isn't followed through. And then uh, it's just all of it. Just again, it becomes hollow because it's so here's the other problem. It's such a straightforward adaptation where. And it's all because I read the book. The book was very like experimental storytelling. There's one panel things that aren't meant to be lingered on in, in terms of the pacing of the story in the book that Zack Snyder lingers on, you know? So it's just very confusing. I do think I enjoy the movie a little bit more with every rewatch. Like I kind of appreciate it a little bit more uh, because of the enormous feat that he did in translating this fucking almost panel for panel, but I just don't, I never connect with the performances. If you're going to describe this movie, what happens, the plot in a few sentences, how could you possibly do it? Well, it almost comes off. It's a murder mystery in an alternate reality where superheroes exist and someone is taking out, uh, masked heroes. I don't know. That's the best I got. That's the best I got, but hmm. yeah, it is. I mean, it's a mur- at the end at its core, it's a murder. It's mystery a murder mystery with global implications. Hmm. I think it's like a existential uh, movie about all these different people who are basically all sides of the same coin. You have Rorsch- Rorschach. It's basically 
all about how you interpret or or, or good and evil or if you and morality. Yeah, it's true. all about that. It's just like an exploration in in all the different facets of it. There's ambivalence, which is uh, Doctor Manhattan. There is pragmatism, which is you know uh, Ozymandias. There is uh, you know complete um, binary, you know black and white. Uh, I don't know what you call that. Yeah, you know binary decision making, right or wrong, yes, or shit. yes, yeah. And then you have somebody who's kind of like lost, which is the owl and 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 Sally Jupiter. So they're kind of like they're they're the they're they're the us in the movie that we don't really know. So all of those kind of archetypes guide what would happen. And I think that there's a lot that those archetypes also like reflect uh, the actual DC characters. You know, you have Batman. Mm-hmm. But, yep. Yep. But like. In this time, there's no, there is no Batman in this. Like, we're, we're like, Owl is the Batman, but like, he's not Batman. Batman's like the guy who's got everything covered. This guy doesn't have anything covered. He's just kind of like, whatever. He's kind of like rolling around in his own shit. So it's like, turns a lot of these things, like Superman's this omnipotent being that cares. And then you have this omnipotent being that doesn't yeah, care. Yeah. So it's like flipping a lot of these things on their head. So it's that's, interesting. That's a really, uh, that's a really good way to describe them. Yeah, it, yeah. it is more than what we just said. A, a <laughs> it's an exploration su- of our heroes and, yeah. and right and wrong, and where do you stand and how do how do you view the world under the premise of a murder mystery? Yes, under the premise, under the premise of a murder. Premise. Mystery. That's I will, really good. That's, yeah, that's that's fucking there brilliant. You, go, what you just said, "Holy shit, <laughs> you're smart." Uh, but the, but the thing is, it it, uh, <laughs> it I think it could be more about what Rug said, and it comes off as more like a murder mystery, which is kind of some of. But I did get that from watching the movie, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, I did. But I've seen it like three times or four uh, times now. I so. actually think repeat viewings of this movie do kind of enhance the enjoyment. I one thing I was confused. I don't know if it needed to be explained, but like Doctor Manhattan is the only one that had powers technically. What, these other people, they were just like super Technically, strong. Yes, he is the only one that has. But problems. like Ozymandias is that Ozymandias, strong? Ozymandias is peak human performance, like Captain oh, America. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. Okay, he, he is the essence of the best of human. But then the comedian is just normal strong. He's still punching through fucking brick walls in that in that scene. Right. Yeah, he's the like the Punisher type. Yeah. Okay, and then like Night Owl and uh, yeah, like Captain America. Yeah, is like the comedian is Captain America, right? Yeah. He's like the patriot, yeah. but he's like the complete asshole. Yeah, but patriot. he's like a shitty, yeah, a shitty yeah. fucking sleaze. He's like a patriot. completely like jaded fucking warmonger. Yeah, right. So, and is just, Rorschach really... like Wolverine kind of? R- Rorschach's Batman. Rorschach is a little bit Batman. Oh, I, I and got Night, Night Owl's Owl's a little bit Batman. Batman. Oh, they, they're both kind of. But Batman. They're, I think they're they're, they're different they're partnered parts together yeah. because yeah. they're yeah they're like different. It's parts really of fucking interesting when you really analyze it. Um, the book itself, but I think when it's. It, when you read the book, it's more evident that it's like a play on those archetypes. But when you watch the movie, um, you get a, a more a clearer picture of exactly, um, basically, the the savagery of what Batman could be, like a guy who could murder his people. Yeah, right. Doesn't give a fuck. I mean, I yes. still think obviously the book is better, right? Would you agree? And, and yeah, of course. Read the book if you haven't. Highly recommend it's just, it. It's a slog because like it's a it's a long book. Yeah. And they're like a million panels on a page. Yeah. There's a lot of text. 
So don't expect like going from Michael Bendis and going to this. It's like completely different. <laughs> and then yeah. in between, there's a tale of a pirate that kind of interweaves. And uh, the only thing they did in this ultimate cut is you actually see the guy reading the book and the the the, the gangs are harassing him for a second. Uh, that's extra. The Hollis Mason death is kind of extended. The There's more of that. You see that. Uh, so I, I'm glad, like, I don't even want to watch the, the ultimate cut with the black freighter in because, uh, well, I understand it's an allegory to the story. It just, it kind of slows down the pacing sometimes when you're reading. I mean, the it's book. fucking three hours. The ultimate, yeah, the ultimate like cut's hours, like three and, three and a half, half another, hours. another 30 minutes of your life. You'll never get back. So <laughs> yes, I, I like the director's cut because I like, uh, what they do is they, they show you a little bit more of the news clips. Yes. So it sets things up a little bit clearer. Yeah. 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 I like the director's cut over the regular uh, cut. And I mean, uh, it's a long ass movie. I know, you have to watch a, it in two, it, two shots. You know, and I feel like the same thing of Batman versus Superman is like Snyder needs more time because he's very long winded. No, that's the thing, though, is he needs someone to help him yeah. tell his story more efficiently. But to his credit, to tell this story in that time. Uh, I can't believe he would even decide to tackle. How long that. is like? Remember they did that comic, the the the, the motion video comic. Com- How long is that? That's, tw- is that- that's that's twelve episodes, one for each book. So is that a half hour each or an uh, hour? Yeah, each? it's about a half hour. That's six hours then. Yeah, to t- and that's a straight. That I remember watching that when that first came out. It's very good. Yeah, I own that. It's almost as good as reading the book because all of it's there. I think that the only thing that I don't like about that is that. Didn't one guy do all the voices? Oh, maybe even like the girl voices. Yeah, yeah. That was disturbing. <laughs> speaking of speaking of guys doing this, some this is a very random, but yeah. that Business Wars podcast. Yes, um, the the narrator does like he does Michael all Jordan's the voices. voices, yeah, yeah, and women's voices, and I'm yeah. like, oh my god, yeah, this is not good. You don't like that? Yeah. You know, it doesn't work. Just get a girl. Just get 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 the girl to do or it. Or someone that sounds like a girl. Yeah. I mean, he changes his voice here and there when he's like talking to him, like himself as different like, characters. Does it, sound, does it, uh, sound it doesn't like, bother uh, me because I've heard other people kind of do that. It's a definite style does choice. It sound like Caitlyn Jenner's voice, like where he's not even <laughs> oh, trying, shit. or she's not even trying to like sound like. I mean, he's not making a girl voice. He's just slightly raising his pitch. But I've heard other stuff like that, and it's a you know, it's a storytelling choice, and it's. It's easier to do it all yourself, obviously, more control. So uh, that doesn't bother me. I, I fucking, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I get it. You just, you're telling the story. So moving forward, we talked about how HBO is going to do a series set in this world of the Watchmen. It's not an adaptation. It's going to take place in the present. Uh, so my question is, are they going to deal with all those cities uh, being uh, so blown up, yeah, right. All those places are gone. A lot of people died. Rorschach right. is dead. Oh, it so was, it's it, post. Yes, yeah. it's, okay, it's well, present not, well, we're, time. We're postulating, yeah, but okay. like, but um, yeah, all those places are gone. There was kumbaya in the world for a long time. There might have been like a maybe the in the future there is a utopia, but I think that human nature will always win. And there's always going to be assholes. There's always going to be people doing things because it's wired into us. Where we where we used to be fucking animals right right, right. so with that part of human humanity is never going to go away until like we become something that's not human anymore that's what i think is interesting about the series because will we find out did this work did it you know it doesn't work you know, will it unite the people what is the legacy of dr manhattan what does that mean now all these the, years later 
because it's like one of those things. Like another allegory that Watchmen is is like okay, um, when we were you know young in our our lives, I'm talking about like as human beings, like we were afraid of God. Yeah, right. We were afraid that we would be punished. Yeah, but as you become kind of more into the modern era, we realize that God's not there. Like Doctor Manhattan, he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. So as soon as people realize that there's nothing going to happen unless, unless uh, you know, Ozymandias keeps up this charade and blows shit up randomly when people get out of line, I don't think they're going to uh, stay in line. God, at the end of the day, too, I think. God, is that you? (laughs) I I like the analogy of us being animals because at the end of the day, yes, like people will unite for a little bit, but there's always something or one that wants to survive and to survive you need to dominate certain resources and those resources are finite <laughs> at the yeah. end of the day we fight humans fight with each other for dominance it's just part of it's just human nature because if you look at the animal kingdom all animals fight for dominance always yeah. there's yeah. an order to it and everything but we can't like just deny that it's that that there's some kind of like uh like scenario where we just for we just kind of like don't have any of this stuff programmed into us anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's in, it's in, it's in us. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't think that the utopia that Ozymandias creates lasts for a long time. Well, no utopia is ever going to work. Even worse than it was. Yeah, maybe they yeah, find out because yeah. Rorschach's books out there. Right. The book. So the guy's going to publish his with journal the yeah, being yeah. out there. Uh, which is, uh, that's interesting. So I mean, that's all it takes to have a conspiracy theory, right? You know, somebody does an expedition to wherever that fuck that place was in Antarctica and they find some shit there. They're like, okay, that shit's real. Yeah. And then they know it's a fucking rude. Suddenly after watching this, suddenly this HBO series, I'm super interested. Just like you said, yeah. Are they going to expose Ozymandias? Will, will you know this why thing else you should be interested? Cause HBO makes really HBO, good content. And they spend a lot of money. They spend a lot of money on good content. And it is Damon Lindelof. As I learned from the Blockbuster versus Netflix business words. Podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as far as, uh, uh, what did I just say? Oh, Damon Lindelof, right? We talked about how, you know, maybe he does things where he just sets things up and doesn't finish yeah. them. But I read another article uh, that in his defense that when he has... Uh, when he can get past the adaptation part and get to his own story, like it kind of gets better. That's what they said about leftovers. Cause that was an adaptation first season. But then uh, one guy said season two and three, he got to play with this and it, it was even better. So if this is Lindelof going in from the beginning, not having to worry about adapting something and getting to play in this world. It may actually be uh really fucking good. It could be, you know, their next West world or the next game of Thrones. We will see. Uh, next year, I believe, is when it's supposed to go out. So, look, thank you, Rod Hans, for picking this movie. Hope you enjoyed that. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for all your continued support, everyone. What do you give it as a score before the we Patreon? Go? Yeah. yeah, score. Let's score it, man. And it's uh, mm, it's funny watching it again. I would, I'd probably go a little bit higher than that. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes, like a set, like a seven and a half, seven yeah. out of ten. Okay. Yeah, I would go with a solid seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would go six, six and a half. Okay, I understand that. That's about that's about right. Because it uh, is long. Yeah. Boy, it's so long. Yeah, so long. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's intrusive yeah. that how long it is. It doesn't need to be that long. No. Yes, it's it's so long that it leaves me just dry by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. and their performances don't carry no, it to not, that level. Yeah. But I I give it a seven because when I watch it, it does make me think of the book. Yeah, 
And it reminds me what I love about the book. And some of the great stuff of the book is in there. So like, I can't like just shit on it. No, the visuals. I mean, the visuals are great. Uh, The, uh, some of the performances uh, shine, but uh, just what an ambitious fucking project to actually realize on screen the way he did it. Yeah. He gets, I mean, I give him respect for, for pulling it off like that. I want to, I want to say something real quick to the, people that have put in requests for movies yes um we will get to those not all of those will go on the main show some of those will end up on patreon some of those will end up on the main show so just as a heads up hey, we've, we've requested uh, movies. fulfilled four orders out of the 12 they've all been on the main show so they've all been guys. on the main show but it's also for the listener uh, sign up to the Patreon. Ray O'Neill still needs to send me his pick. He's the last one. Uh, but yeah, check out uh, our jockanoo.com slash Patreon. We will do more of these on there. We just, I didn't know what we were going to talk about. We're like, hey, let's just do this because we, we, we need to get it done now because we're going to get hit with Iron Fist Season 2 and Predator and Venom and now Daredevil and Aquaman. And there's a lot of good stuff coming up. I can't wait. Let's get to the mailbag for this episode. Our buddy Gabe Bosco, listener Gabe Bosco, he says, Hey there, Jock and Nerd, and good earth to your rug boy. Similar to the last time I wrote, it's been a while since I was able to listen, but I've been catching up since I've been driving again the past two weeks. Sorry to have trolled you with that song from Teen Titans Go, but I just thought it was hilarious. But that may have just been from all the pots. Uh, anyways, I have some good and bad news for you guys. First good news. I want to say thank you to Rugboy for his TV suggestions from a while back. I checked out Goliath and Red Oaks and was thoroughly amused by both. Although I don't think I'll be going back for season two of Goliath. The first season was definitely interesting and a good watch. Red Oaks on the other hand was so awesome. A bit campy, but not too much that there's no weight in the show and what's happening with all the characters. And it's just so funny. Now for the bad news. I too am, or should I say, was a huge fan of I'm Dying Up Here on Showtime. However, when I was out at this bar in Boston the other week, I met someone who worked at Showtime and she informed me that they dropped the show. (laughs) Luckily, she was a big fan of the show too and took a video of drunken me rambling rambling on about the show to try to show Jim Carrey and other executive producers in hopes to show them how loved the show was or at least try to get it picked up by another channel. Sadly, I doubt it'll have much of an effect other than some laughs around their office. So sorry to be the one to have to share the bad news, but don't let that discourage any of y'all in the nation from checking out the two seasons they are. It's very dark, but very good. Thanks for taking the time to read all this. Keep up the awesome content. Much love to you guys and everyone listening and supporting Big Apple Bosco PS. I love that you guys put the show out early for your Patreon supporters and that all it takes is a minimum $1 a month to get awesome bonus content and support some of my favorite voices on the airwaves. Talking nerd. Boom. Thank that's, you, Bosco. That's your uh, ad for that's being a great on testimonial right there. Yeah. I am. Uh, that's right. I'm sad that uh, I'm dying up here is gone, but Bosco actually wrote writing this reminded me that I never watched the season finale of the second season, so I got to go back and finish that along with tons of other things. But that is a great show. I think it's good. I mean, two seasons is. I think two it, seasons is probably enough for the show. Yes, I agree. I mean, it probably could have gone one more, yeah. but I think after that it would have been shitty. Right. So Go I out think that on a yeah. high note is very good. Uh, uh, we had some uh, a YouTube comment Whoa. based uh, based uh, right based oh, on our, our last show. 
uh, where we discuss Comicsgate. And when I saw the notification, I was like, oh, shit, here we go. YouTube, is this a death threat? But it's actually not. It's an actual nice civil comment from listener George Henry. Hey, guys, pretty balanced look into the whole current comic scene. Felt you were a little harsh on diversity in comics, but otherwise pretty balanced. Great show. My problem with Marvel started a few years back. Politics aside, their heroes stopped acting like heroes. I know the whole, quote, feet of clay, but every male character acts like an indecisive navel-gazing coward. I appreciate the diversity of characters, especially people of color, but the characters are written terribly. Uh, but it's got a good point. Thank you, George Henry. And then there was a reply to this comment from YouTuber Integer Spin. He wrote, politics aside... Male and people of color characters are written terribly because of intersectional theory. Rugs, do you know? Have you ever heard of this? No, it's probably a bunch of bullshit. Anthony, have you heard of this? When you told me about it. Yeah, I had to look this up. uh, And from the Oxford Dictionary, the definition of intersectionality is the interconnected nature of social categorization, such as race, class, and gender, regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage, a theoretical approach based on such a premise. So it's like a sociological term uh, that asserts that people are often disadvantaged by their multiple sources of oppression, you know, not just race, but then if you overlap race and class and gender identity, sexual orientation, religion, uh, you start to have to climb out of a hole more and more as these things overlap. Uh, so, I mean, I thought that was interesting. I, I, I don't understand why they're written terribly because of intersectional theory. I don't understand how, what, what the fuck is this guy talking I mean, about? I mean, th- well, from what I could get about intersectional theory, one of the examples was like, say there's a, uh, a woman and a man have the same job and the woman gets paid less, but then you overlap if it's a, if it's a minority, you overlap the sex and the race. And now she's getting paid even less because of that, uh, that class what that structure writing characters. Uh, I don't know. That's what I'm trying to say. That's a good question. Yeah, when you explained that to me, I understood the intersectional theory. I just, but now I don't now know. People like being, to throw. Yeah. people like to throw like <laughs> these fucking pseudo scientific terms? Yeah. terms around, like like you know, and like it means something, and then it's like no, like why? I mean, like look, I do think that if you experience something, you're more likely to write better about it because you've experienced write it. what you know. All right. Now, if you're writing, uh, let's say I'm writing a story about my life and I write the male character from a perspective of somebody that I know that's right. a male. Right. And then I write the female character according to somebody I know that's a female. Now, these things probably happened in some kind of way and I've translated them to the media. Does that mean that I can't write female characters? Because I've experienced this female. I'm telling you what she did. Mm. I'm not telling you from her perspective, per se, but like. I don't know. If you're just kind of like echoing back what you, what you've seen in your perspective, is that like you're are you supposed to write a character according to their perfect perspective? That is what I, I don't understand. That I don't know. I, I mean, I it's like when you experience life. Yeah. Do you go in and interview somebody and know everything about them, or are you no, just taking no. a face value? You know, it's ridiculous. And so I don't know. It's just bad writing is bad writing. Good yeah. writing is good writing, and that's that. That's true. And, you know, there's also creativity and imagination. And sometimes it's refreshing to have a female character that's not written like a female character. It's just written like a character. Uh, And, uh, you know, that that's uh, that's always good. It's different and uh, unexpected. 
I think the minute that you have to think about, well, this is a woman, and what would a woman think? Right. What would a woman say? I think that you're already you, you're not writing right. You you know you want to think of it as a character. Uh, it has that to has... come. It has to come naturally to you. Sure. To a degree. Like what you're like if you're telling me about your mother and what she's like, you could explain her to me. Right. And then your mom might not agree with what you've explained. Right. She might have a complete. But if you're trying to get across in your story, that person, this is the character type. Yeah, person, then right. All that shit goes out the window. Right. So I don't know. It's a good point. I was just uh, I like that. He uh, I, just, we, I learned about something new from I was like, what the fuck is this intersectional? Now, thing? If you're creating a complete stupid character that's completely there for no apparent reason, like a Mary Jane, who's just like a damsel in distress all the time. Right. Then you're that's bad writing. That's just lazy. Yeah. But I do agree that if you've experienced something and it's always better, it's it's always better to come from somebody who's experienced is it, it can, can relate to the character to some degree. So it's better that, you know, people of color write themselves, you know, or to a degree or or whatever. And then that, they could set the tone for what what that kind of story could be. Well, and they'll have uh, experiences that they can share. That yeah. uh, you wouldn't normally have. Good points. Uh, moving on, mailbag. I got a voicemail. Hey, guys. It's Seth Morgan. Uh, I'm calling to clarify something. Uh, when Wes Cranford called in a few weeks ago, I might have commented online, uh, not that he sounded bad, but that he sounded as if he were, quote, tripping balls. So there's a distinction there. All right. Perhaps assumptions were made. I mean, just because he writes like an opiated, mentally deficient three-year-old doesn't mean he's always high on something. In fact, I'm sure there are several times during the week Wes is almost sober. So I feel bad about that. If you want to talk about somebody that's got a horrible speaking voice, look no further than myself. You hear this lisp? I couldn't sound gayer if I were holding a penis in each hand and belting out show tunes. So anyway, Wes, if I made you feel bad about your voice... I certainly didn't mean to. You have enough things to feel bad about, buddy. All right. Take care, guys. Love the show. Bye. Harsh. Well, I think he was being facetious and kind of ribbing. Yes. Ribbing Wes, because I think they always go back and forth on the nation. Oh, my God. And they they swap stories and stuff. So this is kind of like a, a, you know, a a light ribbing. But, um, yeah, Wes is is a great man. He's fun. (laughs) I think he is. I don't know if he's a great man, but like I think he's fun to to follow. He's definitely fun to uh, t- to listen to. I did not know that uh, Seth Morgan was that who. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I get confused on the personas. Um, <laughs> I didn't know he sounded like that. That well, he's a he's a set of voicemail in a long oh. time ago. I will I say when Seth Morgan and Wes and Jess Rivera get together in the group, it just things just go fucking sideways. And yeah. it's very entertaining, though. They're entertaining themselves. Yes, they're just entertaining themselves, and it's a lot of fun. That's why you should join the group, Talking to Nation. Finally, I got a tweet from at J-H-U-L-S-F. Listener says, at Jock and Nerdcast, thanks for recommending the Business Wars pod. Definitely one of my new favorites. Thinking of all the possibilities, Hasbro versus Mattel, WCW versus WWE, which he said has been done for TV, McDonald's versus Burger King, Amazon versus everyone. Hyped. Uh, thanks for that tweet. Can you guys, I was trying to think of a couple of other fun things like that uh, because there are the possibilities for uh, business wars matchups are they're awesome. They actually just released a new season. You see that? What's the new season? 
I've uh, I I haven't started yet because I'm backtracking or going to the back catalogs. But the new one is Southwest versus American. Oh, airlines! That's yeah. a good one. I wouldn't mind a uh, like a Philip Morris versus R.J. Reynolds. Two big tobacco corporate Whoa. powerhouses. They should do. Gary Busey versus Nick Nolte. That that would be great. Who would, would win that one? Would it be business wars? I don't know. No, I think I think Busey wins that one because he's way crazier than Nolte is. Yeah, you didn't even see Nolte. Anymore. He's unpredictable. You can't beat Gary Busey. You don't know what he's gonna do. Uh, but I got another recommendation since everyone seems to love my business wars pod recommendation. Quick recommendation of a documentary on Netflix called The Power of Grayskull. The def- pretty good. The definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. <laughs> this documentary is a great compliment to our What the Fuck Happened to the Masters of the Universe and the, the Toys That Made Us episode of He-Man. Uh, this is a kickstarted documentary from these guys at Definitive Films, and they really dive deep into uh, the creation of He-Man and they go really deep into the movie. Dolph Lundgren is in there. Yeah, Mobius did the fucking art. Yeah, I had no idea. That, uh, one of the best parts is uh, how they focused on, they're like, how do we get kids into this? Hire some great fucking fantasy illustrators. That one guy pretty much copying like Frazetta style with He-Man uh, and some of that early art on this packaging. There was just b- a beautiful paintings. Amazing paintings. Uh, so check that out. I will have a link in the show yeah, notes. Totally check it out. They have another one uh, called The Turtles, which is like a, the definitive uh, history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, I'll check that out, And too. then one what? called Nintendo Quest. Hmm. Speaking of Nintendo, you know what I learned in the Business Wars pod? I just started the uh, Nintendo versus Sony. Mm-hmm. And originally, when the PlayStation was announced, I did not know it was a partnership between Nintendo and Sony. It was going to be their first CD playing console. And then like the next day, Nintendo has a press conference. Sony announces this with their partnership. The next day, Nintendo has a press conference. Doesn't mention Sony at all and says that we have partnered with Philips. And Sony is like, what the fuck just happened? And the story continues and comes out of there. It's pretty fucking fascinating. Uh, I love uh, such a great, it's a great podcast. It's very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Now, I'm gonna start listening to this shit. You, now. Yeah, and you can kind of pick up any any like matchup you want, yeah. and start there. Marvel versus DC is very good. Uh, great show. Finally, uh, we got Anthony. Do we have a felty league update? Because I made a drop for this. Yeah, I can give a felty league update. Okay, here we go. Here's the national felty league update. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, there's my drop. That's the so official drop. Week one. Uh, in the Marvel division, we have a four-way tie between the Felty Falcons, OJ's Parole Board, Sister Nine, <laughs> and Titan Snaps, led Four. by Roberto Rev- Rivera, Chaz Hubbard, Ray O'Neill, Ray Swanson. Okay. On the DC side, DC division, you have Matt Miller's City Speedsters, Joe Swinshek's GZ to Snowman, and Matthew Lawrence's Game of Throws in the lead in that division. <laughs> nice. I like the names. Um, as far as how I did, we my team lost last week. Um, what was the score? We lost to Ronald Hans's team. Oh, sorry, no, Matthew Lawrence's team. Game of Throws. I'm the Jock Sniffers. We lost one twelve to eighty three. So, congrats to all the winners last right week, and uh, we'll have an update next week. Week one complete. Would it surprise you to learn that I actually watched that Bears Packers game? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Look, oh. I don't know shit about it, shit, right? But even I know. 
that you stay to the end of a fucking Packers game, especially when Aaron Rodgers is throwing and they're down at halftime. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to see what happens because I have a feeling some crazy shit's going to happen. And it always does. That man is insane. I don't understand. The fucking mm. bum leg. He's not human. What the fuck? We're good. I like how Amron can comment on it. Well, and uh, so Anthony, is this also weird? Like my wife's from Wisconsin. Yeah, I my house is full of Green Bay Packer shit. Is that yeah. a is that a no no? Is that a is that a faux I mean, pas? She's from Wisconsin, so I, I, guess I, I don't okay. give a fuck. I did draw the line at wearing a fucking Packers jersey. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't just advertise that you're a Packers fan. Out I'm I'm not a fan. I'm just saying my dog's got Packers bandanas, and uh, the wife uh, likes the Packers, but. Uh, man, you go up to Wisconsin and it's like a fucking cult up there. Like that's all they have. They love like, the Packers. That's all they could talk about. That's all they. That's what they got. It's it's really weird. And I was like, fuck no, I'm not wearing a jersey I mean, up the, here and joining this no cult. There is no owner of the Packers, it's right? The, 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 the whole, whole city, city owns it. it. That's yeah. kind of cool. It's different. Yep. Uh, and then the last thing I gotta mention: special shout out to listener John Seifert because he did something really nice for me this week and. John, buddy, I just want to say I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I uh, uh, I we love your support and uh, how you believe in the show. Uh, and I'm just going to keep it mysterious like that. But I, ha- I had to give you a shout out on the show because uh, the, he did something really great. Unbelievable. And I, I can't thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. You are the best. Rugs, where can the people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at really rug boy. You can find me on the Jock and Nerd Nation. Yo, chop it up with rugs in the nation. And uh, right. Mike Rips is in the nation. He posted something in the yeah, nation. Yeah, he did something about Cthulhu. Yeah, he's got a he's got a podcast too. I'll put a link. He's doing uh, like video podcast now where you can see him. Oh, it's weird to like see him in that voice sometimes. That voice is real. The That's voice, his real voice is real. Yeah. Mike Rips is the if Rug Boy was a real person, it would be Mike yes, Rips. Chop, I would hope. <laughs> chop it up with all of us. <laughs> Uh, chop over, it up chop it up uh listen listener thanks for hanging out tell a friend share the show spread the geekery this has been the jock and nerd podcast my name is imran my name's anthony he's the jock he's the nerd we'll peep you next week with all a joke i'm pumped yeah me too bro do you even podcast